So here we are. Welcome to our first episode of our new podcast, Conversations in Momentum. Let's start by telling you all who we are and what we're planning to do. I'm Amelie Kos. I'm Joe Tang. And I'm Mavis Garden. All three of us work at Momentum Transport Consultancy. I'm in Canada, Joe in London, and I am based in our Edinburgh office. The three of us will be your hosts, sometimes one of us, sometimes two, and sometimes, like today for podcast number one, all three of us. This show is going to be about urban design for our towns and cities. We'll be looking at things from a transport perspective and how the solutions in our transport and urban design toolkit are invaluable to building equitable cities, addressing challenges of public health and climate change, and delivering connected spaces which safeguard our environment for future generations. So we're going to keep it simple and have regular guests, some from inside Momentum and some from outside. We'll be welcoming a new guest each time, some, someone who has insight into an area we think our listeners will find interesting. We'll try to make our show relevant to anyone who has an interest in how the way people move impacts our society today, but it'll be particularly relevant to those of you who are involved in urban design. So whether you're a policymaker from a regional or local authority, an architect, commercial or residential developer, town, city or master planner, someone who represents the needs of marginalized or vulnerable groups, or if you just have an interest in more efficient and sustainable land use and mobility in urban developments. Send us your questions, your feedback and any ideas for who you'd like to see next on our show. Throughout the podcast, we'll also be taking on a journey around Momentum City. Momentum City as our own fictional city. It's being created to show how good transport strategies are the key to unlocking roles that cities and buildings play in achieving a wider social societal goals. The gates of the city are now open. We'd love for you to come and pay us a visit. You can find us at momentum-city.com. And today we're starting with the very first landmark in our city. It's the central train station. Why? Well, because if mass transit is, is the backbone of a city, which of course we believe it is, then the train station has to be the beating heart of it. And in cities across the globe, train stations are the entry and exit points for thousands of commuting and tourism trips and the first experience of the city for many. But in Momentum City, our central train station is this and so much more besides. So to tell us more, we're joined today by our special guests, two of our Momentum colleagues, Claudio Borzari from our transport planning team, and Will Hubner from our modeling team. Welcome to the show, guys, and thanks for joining us. Let's dive right in then. So, Claudio, in your work, you champion the idea of a train station being a patch of new city. Could you tell us what you mean by that? Um, I think the best example of that for um, those who are in London are King's Cross and St. Pancras Station, where around probably 30% of the footfall there is people that doesn't actually use trains. And that's due to the fact that on, that on one side there's a retail offer, but also that the stations are permeable and open to the, the rest of the city and allow people to connect between the two sides um, of the track. And another good example, which is being built now, is Liverpool Street with the opening up of 
some new development that allow east-west connection and hopefully in the future Waterloo Station as well, um, where we are also working on development surrounding it. But with the new master plan, one of the key aims is to open up the areas underneath the tracks with retail and corridors and passages so that um, the station can become from a barrier to the movement of the city to a patch that connects to neighborhoods which um, were not connected before or at least since the railways were built. Great. Thanks. So you, you talked about connections through the station and, and safe and comfortable use of these spaces by everyone, not just the people going for a train. Uh, this is so important in our work and we always talk about people being our priority. Um, so I thought we could explore that idea a bit more. Um, how do we do that? How do we ensure that places with thousands of users, which, which are often the case of stations in central London, can be safe and comfortable for everyone? And I guess the second part to this question is, uh, why would a train station architect or developer consider this? Isn't their role to just make sure that people can get in and out of the station quickly and onwards to where they're going? So, Will, do you want to tell us a bit about what you think on that? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so I think it's obviously the most important aspects of any station are the, the parts that are centered around how it's serving the people that use it. So it's important to make sure that every passenger has a positive experience and, and all the users that use the station are considered during that decision-making and design process. Uh, so for me, I think the kind of most important aspects are passenger safety, passenger comfort. Um, safety is an obvious one. It's about ensuring that stations don't become too overcrowded um, and ensuring that the appropriate security provisions are in place. Um, but passenger comfort has got a few more levels to it. So it includes things like free flow movement, including step-free access, got ease of wayfinding, um, the provision of information, inclusive announcements for, for blind and deaf passengers, provision of different kind of station facilities, so places to eat, sit, toilets, uh, shops, good lighting, uh, cleanliness, that sort of thing. Um, and they're all sort of quite subtle things that really contribute to different passengers' experience at the station. Um, the next part of the question about why station architects or operators might need to consider these things, well, um, I think if they don't, then how are they going to expect anyone to want to use their station? I think if we aren't designing our stations and the rail network as a whole in a way that makes people want to use it, then how are we going to contribute to encouraging increased use of public transport and getting people out of their cars? Um, in terms of like how that relates to our work, I think, so from my point of view, a lot of the work that I do on stations involves developing an understanding and kind of predicting passenger movements through station environments, modeling these movements, um, and then supporting the architects through the design stages, uh, kind of using our analytical techniques on passenger densities, journey times, um, and comfort levels. Um, and the micro-simulation techniques that we use, they give us the opportunity to effectively look into the future and then visualize how the station design is going to operate during the busiest periods. And that allows us to implement design changes um, during the early stages to mitigate any of those negative impacts. Um, and essentially lets us to build in passenger safety and comfort from the start. Thank you. Thank you, Will. And um, both you and, and Claudia have been involved with several station projects. And I was wondering, we were wondering what have been the highlights of some of this and, and in particular, which of 
of which elements from these projects influence, um, in your view, Momentum City's central train station? And, and if you can draw from examples of, of your own favorite train stations from the world, I think that would be really, really great to hear. I'll start from a, one of my favorite stations, um, which is the central station in Antwerp, which is a historic building, which was completely remodeled to effectively become almost a completely permeable covered square with all the trucks and the infrastructure moved um, underground. So it effectively become a piece of the city where you can also catch a train. And it is also the same concept, for example, of some major railway stations in the world, for example, in Japan, where the overstation development is, or Hong Kong even, where these overstation developments are key to funding the infrastructure and the uh, public transport services that run. Um, through the station. In our um, work, I think we try to bring these kind of best practice and these examples throughout. I think in the project, the master plan of New Gati Station in Budapest, the competition, both myself and Will work on that. And we try to do exactly that to move the infrastructure and the rail infrastructure underground, improving it, but also opening up the station and the historic building of the station as a new um, urban space. In a, in a smaller sense, in Kerfili, we're trying to do the same, try to overcome the um, severance that the station causes through a new building, a new um, overpasses and underpasses and better interchange infrastructure. And finally, in the competition we did for the station square um, in Rome, the key objectives was to create clear, good uh, pedestrian and public ground routes between the central station and the nearby Archaeological and areas and monuments being, being in central uh, in, in central Rome, but also improving the um, public transport interchanges, which at the moment are kind of past areas of asphalt. Um, and what one of the objectives and one things we tried to do was to rationalize that and improve the passenger experience and onward travels across buses, metro, micro mobility, bikes, and taxis, and all the other transport modes. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Claudia. I love that. And I love how you're, you're, you're showing those examples connecting with the wider environments and everything that surrounds the train stations and really how it, it fits with, with the city. Will, is there, is there something you'd like to share as well? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of examples of projects that I've worked on. I'll touch a little bit first on the Caffili station that, that Claudia mentioned. Um, so during that project, I was kind of supporting the design team um, during the design of that new station interchange. So there was the rail and bus station, taxi ranks, car parks, all included. Um, so we're using our pedestrian analytics to predict and understand the future passenger movements. And through that modelling, we're able to support the design of uh, individual station elements, including uh, defining platform sizes, passageway width, ticket gate configurations, that sort of thing. Um, but also modelling the impact of new configuration on the interchanges between transport modes from rail to bus, rail to taxi, and so on. Um, so what we were able to achieve there was essentially a new station interchange design that was optimised for passenger movements, uh, reduced densities, better journey times, um, and much smoother interchanges as well. Um, and, it ultimately, and it ultimately resulted in an improved passenger experience for, um, for all the users of the station. Um, and that's some of the key wins that I think all new stations should look to, to achieve. Um, second example is probably Stratford Station. I've had a lot of experience modelling passenger movements around Stratford Station 
over the past few years. Um, without going into too much detail, there's a couple of key themes from from that modelling that's come out that I think is important for all stations to, especially a kind of main central station in a new city to take into account. Um, firstly, is kind of understanding how the station can operate under different scenarios and busy periods. It's important to have plans in place uh, to accommodate different peaks and troughs and demand. Um, and obviously in a perfect world, your station would have had this designed in from the start, but you know, with natural background growth and weather development, uh, passenger flows can often exceed what was previously expected. So it's important to be able to predict this and have management measures in place to accommodate that kind of, and those peaks and troughs and demand throughout the day. Uh, secondly, I think really important, especially for our Momentum City um, station, is having the ability to accommodate special events. Um, so at Stratford, there are several significant attractors of demand. There's the London Stadium, uh, the Olympic Village, Westfield Shopping Centre, um, and in the future, possibly the proposed MSG Sphere. So we did a lot of work there around the operation of the station and the surrounding area on on busy event days to try and make sure that any significant events taking place in the area and around the station would not have any negative impact on background users. So that included kind of simulation modelling of several scenarios, testing different crowd management measures in and around the station. Um, and I think that's an important consideration for the Mentum City Station if the city is planning on hosting any events at a stadium or music venue or any major events across the city. That's really interesting. Thank you. Um, sticking with Carfilly for a minute there, and, and this is a little bit selfishly as it's a project we've obviously all worked on together. Um, for our listeners' information, Carfilly is a relatively regional station in Wales. It's about 11 kilometres to the north of Cardiff. Um, for stations like this that are maybe smaller, slightly more regional feel to them, what can we glean from the principles of larger stations and how they apply to these these other cases, these sort of smaller regional uh, environments? I think some of the principles um, would be the same, uh, as I mentioned, uh, permeability and overcoming um, severance caused by infrastructure and rail tracks. But I think with respect maybe to the main station of big cities, probably the retail element and the redevelopment element becomes less important because of the market condition and the demand that is around there. There still might be some convenience um, retail, but what becomes really important is the interchange and um, onward, onwards travel. Now, a lot of these um, places, as you say, are quite small, and, and yet, despite having small distances, they have large, high, very high um, car mod share. So what we're trying to do is to bring forward and bring to the fore and give importance to the interchange, whether maybe buses, um, as, as we said before, but also micromobility and, very importantly, cycling, which is a key UK government objective and strategy and has the very much potential of changing the mobility in these areas, bringing together the convenience of a private vehicle, in this case a bike, and um, the you know health and active travel and sustainability objectives of um, national and uh, regional policies. Great, so it looks like we're likely to see a smaller um, regional station appearing in Momentum City over the coming weeks and months then. Yeah, without a doubt. I'm sure we will. That sounds brilliant. Um, just one final thought for today then. So uh, Momentum City is being built on our, on two key foundations, which are society and the environment. 
Um, we've obviously touched upon making the places for, for people as our priority, um, encouraging the use of active travel and micromobility, and having the central station as a key terminus for intercity travel. Claudio, yourself and the team have just authorised a piece of research on rail travel versus air travel in the UK. I was wondering if you'd be happy to share some of those findings with us. Sure, it would be a bit of a preview, as, um, but we should be publishing the study um, <laughs> shortly. So the study good? itself is, is based on um, policy on the law that was approved in France, I think, last year, um, but probably possibly not yet fully implemented, which said that if you have a train connection between two places less than two and a half hours in, in duration, then it's pretty much illegal to have flights. So we try to take that concept and apply it to the UK and um, also between in travel between UK and, and Europe and calculated the savings of um, CO2 and, and emissions. And we got quite some quite interesting results and which have savings of um, CO2 similar in, in when converted to the number of trees than similar in, in areas of places like Gibraltar or Heathrow Airport or other kind of some small other small um, European European states, and we also linked to the revival, which has been carried out at the moment in, in Europe, of night train with uh, new routes, new trains, and things, and looked at well, if we assumed these trains travel to London, how far um, we could go, and we found um, we could cover a good chunk of France and Germany in addition to closer places like Belgium and and the Netherlands. So yeah, it was a quite an interesting piece of research to looking at the possibilities for the future. But I think it also hints at the fact that um, air travel and rail travel can work together and can be integrated much better than they are for longer distances, and which brings, for example, infrastructure like crossrail to being very important by connected central station and central cities to airports, which have long distance flight and are sometimes at the edge of the city and not always in a very, in very connected places. Wow, that's such an incredible result. I'm actually really excited about reading this. So, Claudio, where can we find the, the report? It will be published on the Momentum website and in Momentum City. And you can always drop me an email to get it straight. Well, thank you so much. I, I have to say, I'm also very excited <laughs> about reading this report. Uh, thank you for giving us a, a little preview of the, of the head, uh, headline findings here. And, uh, thank you, Claudio. Thank you, Will, for, um, having joining us, having joined us today, having shared all your thoughts about, uh, stations has been really wonderful to host you. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today. If you did, please be sure to subscribe to the series so you don't miss any of our future conversations. 